Welcome to Gay Homework. I'm your host, Brick Olson, and this is my dear friend, Brendan Fernandez. Hi, Brendan. Hi, Brick. So, who are we going to be profiling in today's Gay Homework? We are going to be profiling Merce Cunningham. One of the foreigners of modern dance, American modern dance. And yeah, I'm excited to talk about him with you. Um, why don't you tell me a little bit about uh, Merce Cunningham's background? Like, where did Merce Cunningham come from? Yeah, I think it's interesting that I want to talk about Merce Cunningham because I feel that, you know, as a dancer or someone who is in the dance world, he's such a figure uh, for so many. Mm -hmm. But, you know, um, to others, he's this, you know, there's a question of who is he? Mm -hmm. And he did so much for modern dance, and specifically American modern dance. Yeah. Um, he came through a third wave of American modern dance. Um, he was born in 1919 mm -hmm. and was, uh, and began, like, you know, as a young boy starting tap. And for me, that was sort of, is really interesting because my dance background began as a tap dancer too. And I think, you know, tap is such a kind of a form of dance that has, um, these very specific kinds of rhythms and changes and very specific kind of cadences that I think, you know, he was so, um, so interested in and that kind of is formed the way he's made some of his dances as, you know, a modern dance choreographer. Mm. Um, Cunningham um, <clears throat> studied uh, acting at Cornish College in Seattle mm. and um, decided that acting wasn't the way that he wanted to explore his sensibility or embodiment and he went into dance and started to work in dance. At that time, you know, there was um, a moment of change, you know, where there was what was kind of noted as the modern ballet dance wars, where dancers were revolting against the sort of construction of ballet as this rigidity, this kind of idea of, you know, Western pivot. And so there were dancers such as like Martha Graham who started to change the way that dance was, was sort of seen, you know, to remove the corset, to remove the point shoes, to dance more freely, but still within a rigorous technique. And Martha Graham, picked Cunningham, Merce Cunningham, to be one of her principal dancers. And he moved to New York and danced for her for many years, for six years actually, he danced with her for six years. Um, and was a soloist in the company. Um, and you know, through that, you know, eventually he moved on into his own choreography and created the Merce Cunningham Dance Company. Um, he was a teacher at uh, the Black Mountain College, which was a very specific, interesting school that had many figures within the sort of like, you know, the 60s and 70s. But this, this college was interesting because it's a place where, you know, liberal arts were sort of seen as the foundation for all scholarly activities. The school ended early, but you know, people like Merce Cunningham, people like Robert Rauschenberg, John Cage, were all people that were part of <coughs> this experience. And for me, one thing that was really interesting is that, you know, he created his dance company. He sort of created the foundations of the Merce Cunningham Dance Company and his technique in this college. Mm, it was a boot camp for him. Boot camp for it, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think also that one thing that I really love about Cunningham is that he, the way he made art, um, dance, was one that was kind of like at the intersection between visual arts and dance, and one that really used collaboration. Mm. So he was always about, you know, like breaking the form, the etiquette of dance. How do we see dance? You know, when you saw dance, for example, in his studio, um, he always made you sit in an L formation because he wanted you not to have like a center stage perspective. Mm. Um, his dances always have, um, are very uh, non-formal in the sense that they never have a beginning, middle, or end. And something that he was really interested in doing uh, with his with his partner, uh, John Cage, was to kind of have this, you know, non-relational kind of action where music and dance sort of like 
flow with each other. They kind of were almost at, at opposition. So, you know, you wouldn't dance to the rhythm. You wouldn't dance to the beat. It was always kind of like kind of breaking that sort of formal sort of narrative or tradition that dance always followed. Um, and I think that's something that was really important. And when I make my work, like I've, I, you know, I've sort of, I'm influenced by this. I also trained in, in Cunningham technique. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about your work actually. So what's your background? My background is... Uh, We're just going to run all over the place, sure. so we'll, uh, awesome. time and space is not relevant in okay. this interview. Um, <laughs> my background is that of a, of a ballet dancer. I trained in a ballet um, school from the age of like 9 till 16. Mm -hmm. um, I left the ballet world because ballet is one of those sort of techniques that is one that, you know, has very specific body desires and body... Um, ideals and I didn't fit into that. I was too small for a male dancer, but particularly the dance world didn't like my feet. Mm -hmm. So from, because uh, I don't have arches, I don't have these pronounced arches that are so important to um, ballet aesthetics. And so I um, left the ballet world and I joined, you know, um, a dance, a uh, modern dance company called Children's Dance Theater. And there I were danced a lot of um, Cunningham classes, Graham, and Lamone. So these techniques that are sort of looking at the body as ways of freeing the body from the ballet body. You know, you dance barefoot, you're, you don't point your toes, you're dancing from a, a parallel position. Um, these interesting kinds of like um, ways of expressing outside of a ballet world. Um, and so I'm always curious about this sort of idea of like the other dance forms um, through modern dance, because you know, there are other ballet and <clears throat> modern or just kind of opposition of each other but there's this kind of idea also that, you know, there's this sort of freeingness from, but I also definitely think that, you know, modern dance definitely comes with like technique as well, you know, yeah. like, like, but it's, and it's a different kind of technique, but right. it's still one yeah. that also conforms and asks the body to do something specific. Which is sort of exciting. And one thing about like Cunningham was that he was trying to think about this, about dance as this avant-garde, you know, mm -hmm. to break the tradition, to break the form. So one thing that's really important about his dance was that he also did this thing called, um, like he, he based his choreography on chance encounters. Mm -hmm. um, and so everyone would, would learn the, the roles, but then, you know, an hour before or the night before the performance, you know, through chance, you know, through uh, rolling dice, you find out what your role was. Mm -hmm. And you might have, you know, two different roles this night, or you might have one role, but everyone kind of kind of made. Or he did situations where he would ask his dancers to, to learn um, a set of choreographies, and then he would say, now you take it and you make it your own within this time tempo or something. So there was a lot of like these sort of like exercises of process um, where he wasn't so interested in making dance that was formally finished or complete. Mm -hmm. One thing that I love is that, you know, um, you know, the curtains would open for his performances sometimes and the dancers would be already moving mm -hmm. and then the curtains would just close. There was never like a bow, like it was just, you know, there was never a static, you know, beginning mm -hmm. or end. Yeah. He was always challenging those things. I also like really enjoyed the fact that he, he would also think about these, these experimentations where his dancers were given like challenges or tasks to make, but within that, you know, it's also giving them agency. So mm -hmm. as a dancer, you're you're being you're giving yourself. He's giving them allowance for free uh, for creative expression and freedom, so they can do things and make it in their own. And for me, that's really important. And with how I make my work, I was gonna say, yeah, that just really reminds me of your work too. Yeah, and I think it's really important because like there's you know I, I always think about agency mm -hmm. and how to give dancers agency. I mean, that's great, and that's also interesting, that ties into, I was gonna ask about, you know, his queerness or his gayness, and, and how does that tie into his work? And it's, that's, it's pretty apparent. 
you know. Yeah, and that's, you know, like, it makes me just smile because I think, you know, <clears throat> Merce Cunningham, like, made art at a time or was where, you know, being openly gay perhaps wasn't so, such a, such a freedom or, you know, and, but I think the queering in his work is important through his collaborations, you know. Mm -hmm. His partner was John Cage, you mm -hmm. know, um, well-known musician. We'll do a, we'll t definitely do a profile out of him. Sure. Amazing. <laughs> um, and who, who, you know, is an experimental musician and they worked together like for years until, you know, Cage's death in 1992, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, but, you know, the experimentations collaborations came with other people like you know he worked with like artists to make his costumes like Robert Rauschenberg and I think those those collaborations were their queer expressions yeah. they were being expressive in their in their making in their process of making art and I think that's so fruitful right and what I've noticed also we've profiled a few other people and just sort of talking with um, some about artists I feel like often artists get to a certain level where they can actually start being themselves and so the work that they put out um, is relatively free and open with things like sexuality and that sort of stuff. Um, where, you know, like the, if the even though the general public and you know our country wasn't you know recognizing you know homosexuality and accepting of it, there were certain circles and um, in. in you know, artistic circles and, you know, like moneyed circles that were like okay with it because they knew that, you know, these artists were creating great work and they, it sort of gave them a freedom. They got to a point where they were able to start being free and it influenced their work once they got to that echelon, I guess. Totally. I think that, 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 that freedom... Like, I, like when we profiled um, Philip Johnson, we, you, can, like, you can see his work become more gay as it goes along and you know with the culmination of his um the peace chapel mm. um um so i don't know it's 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 interesting and and i would be interested to hear sort of your take on on the the changes in his work as he got older and do you think that do you think he's always sort of been i think he was always challenging the norm yeah the structure of dance and even within that i think his work is was was queer yeah um it was changing challenging traditions challenging the way that we um expect to see things the way we um even as an audience have to participate um but even then he's just relationships i think like oh even though he was partners with john cage you know his relationships with like robert rauschenberg were so important you mm -hmm. know like they made things in tandem and yeah. i think there was this kind of like idea that they broke down this this categorization that you know it was like about an i you know it was about a we they were making things together and it was right. just so intertwined a community within the community yeah exactly yeah. and i think that's so beautiful and that mm -hmm. is something that really you know is something i advocate in my work you know i want to kind of push these things because i still think they're relevant it's yeah. still important for us to kind of consider it's really interesting because i mean when you sort of look at it in those terms as you know it's the small communities and the small collaboration that give way to larger collaboration and larger community you know i mean when you look at it that way you see you know queers and gays making great work with each other that will then be seen by a larger audience that will inform a larger audience and bring them together as well Definitely. and it's important to recognize i think those small connections that happen and have you know these big ripples that pass throughout the community at large it's because like, i think like you know they couldn't even express what 
like I'm calling it queer, you know, like I don't mm-hmm. think they could even call it. Oh queer. yeah, they couldn't even call it you queer. Know, queer. It was like but. this. It was this thing that they were just doing, but it gave them a sense of of agency for themselves. It yeah. gave them a sense freedom of like and... freedom, a sense of like community, and I think they were still defining it. So yeah. this was that's why I say you know Cunningham is a is a forerunner in the dance world, but also in this kind of like queer like you know advocacy yeah. this idea of like of of making things you know people didn't understand what he was doing like but it makes more sense now as we contextualize it mm-hmm. in this current space you right know? and like <clears throat> the company continued for years until he passed away in um in 2009 he passed away uh um, let me just double check that yeah he passed away in 2009 and um like i think for me like the company, he did this thing where he created this thing called a legacy plan where he wanted to take care of the company. So like before he died, they created this plan of what would happen to the company mm-hmm. and how the company would be, would, would, would be archived. And, yeah. but then also finding a legacy plan for the dancers and the staff and everybody who worked there to have like, you know, you know, a salary so that they could continue to find something so they weren't just like taken left care yeah, yeah. taken care of and I think that idea of collaboration generosity was something that was generosity really, is a really great word to describe sort of his career I feel definitely yeah. I think it's just that generous kind of spirit is something that is something I think we need more of you know to mm-hmm. be to be um, compassionate to be those kinds of um, um, you know creators that are also not just creating but in the process of giving and I, I keep on repeating that he, he he loved the process he wasn't interested in making just the dance on stage he, right. was, he was always against that he wanted the process and that process is something that is was really important um, and I have a story um, like the like Merce Cunningham story where a um, number of years ago when I did the Fire Island residency, um, our neighbor was um, the form- a former dancer with the company and also um, the the last director of the company. Oh, wow. Yeah, Trevor Carlson. And it was like this amazing synergy to kind of have these, you know, my world and his world collide, but yeah. also the collaborative spirit that Merce had passed on to him. Mm. And like, you know, when we were there, him and his partner, Ferran, would ask, you know, they took us um, on the beach, the other residents and I, and we all did like Cunningham like exercises together, mm-hmm. played with these chance um, operations and kind of created movements to try to generate things. Um, but he told, Trevor told me a story, he's like, you know, because uh, towards the end of his life, Merce uh, lost the ability to walk and he was in a wheelchair. Um, and he was, you know, he died at the age of, of, of 90. Um, and, you know, he was, it was, it was this thing that he always, I think as a dancer, you always want to, to walk uh, or dance and to be moving. And um, Trevor said that they always would spend nears together. And um, every near, uh, he would say to Trevor, who's this really, really strapping, strong, big dancer, can you hold me and just rock me? Oh. And I just remember that bringing tears to my eyes, just thinking, you know, to, to feel that one last idea of dancing one last time. It's so um, beautiful. And that kind of, again, that the relationship that the two of them had, you know, right. like it was, you know, you always have this, these ideas of the, the ballet master, the one who's going to like bring you down or, you know, tear you apart. Um, and, you know, I never worked personally with Cunningham, but I'm sure he also was a taskmaster, but one also that gave back, you know, so you can see these relationships, you know, 
And definitely, I also you know like think about the relationship that he had with the Walker Art Center, where him and where him and Cage made their first piece, mm-hmm. and then you know it was a twenty five year relationship of like making work for the Walker Art Center, and now you know it's home to his archive, you know where all of the things that he created, his scores and dances and costumes and props and things are all there, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that's such an amazing thing, you know, to create these relationships, to create these bonds, and I also just love you know like because as as a contemporary artist now, you know like. It's just like you know, I have my colleagues and I have my friends, and it's also like we are all doing things together. You know, years from now, like I hope we can have this kind of legacy as well. You know, yeah. it's, just, it's something that excites me because it's it's such an important thing. You know, especially also like artists that are living in New York. Like you know, Cunningham moved from you know Seattle to New York to come and dance for Martha Graham, and you know, created the kind of like. You know, avant-garde modern American dance scene. You know, and many other dancers who then danced in his company went on to create their own companies, like Paul Taylor American Dance Theater. And so it's this kind of idea of like, you know, this process of like one giving another. So Martha Graham to Cunningham to Paul Taylor to to then these collaborations. You know, he worked with so many artists like you know Andy Warhol did things for him, Robert Rauschenberg as I mentioned, Saul Lewitt. You know, there's all these people, but then also other dancers like Trisha Brown Dance Company. Or, you know, Trisha Brown herself was influenced by Cunningham, and her work has been made through that kind of process. And yeah. I think it's just a lovely, generous spirit that I always kind of think about as this queer thing, this queer process that is constantly changing but also continuing. That's amazing. Well, thank you so much, Brendan. Um, where can we see your work? Thank you, Brick. Um, you can see my work on my webpage, www.brendanfernandez, Fernandez with an S, dot C-A, C-A is for, for Canada. Great. <laughs> Canada. All right. Well, thank you so much. And that was really fantastic. And I'm sure that um, all our listeners will be able to dive into some information about Merce Cunningham. I'm hoping more. so. I'm hoping they'll take a dance class. Yeah, take a dance class. Take a dance class. <laughs> I know I need to. <laughs>